schoolhouse cracked. With me, as always, is Mr. Brett Derrickson. Before we get into today's episode, as always, like us on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Download us on all your favorite podcast channels. And be sure to send us your thoughts, comments, and feedback at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com. Um, so today's episode is... Uh, on grading, and we yep. kind of talked about grading a couple times, and so uh, as I mentioned, with me is Mr. Brett Derrickson, but more importantly, Brett mm-hmm. and Dad. Yeah, uh, there's no way, there's no separating me from this issue in in regard to uh, being a dad. Uh, with me here is uh, Mr. Irreverent. It's my favorite thing, your favorite way of qualifying yourself. Oh yeah, there we yeah. Go. Right. Uh, Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler, who has clearly, obviously, worked his way through the top of the institution of learning, and is still. Ex- uh, it's very skeptical about how we have determined what achievement is. So this should be uh, an interesting little uh, chat. Yeah, as somebody who, between the two of us, has received the most grades mm-hmm. um, over uh, a lot of self-subjected pain and suffering through my uh, <laughs> multiple degrees in, in time in education, um, I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of crazy shit go down in regard to the grades I've received and even grades I've given. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and so I know something that we're, we're seeing regularly. And we have an upcoming episode, folks, on um, college admissions. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be some overlap here just in regard to grade. But I'm just going to throw out – there's two things I kind of want to talk about today. The first um, is going to be just grading practice. Yep. And the second is going to be grading inflation. Oh, excellent. So let's uh, – yeah. uh, but, uh, but y- – your recent story you told me the other day um, just regarding some grading experiences you had with your kids, it kind of got my gears turning. And, and in a previous episode, we talked about one of your sons, um, the grade he received for his block of cheese in ceramic class uh, <laughs> that I did not know was cheese. I thought it was a yellow triangle. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but you, you've got some recent things going on in your life as a dad, Brett. Um, that has kind of raised the red flag for you as an educator in grading practice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've talked about my children uh, before. I've got a, a type A kid uh, who unfortunately is not interested in school at all, um, although his school thinks that he is a high achiever. Uh, he hits well on, t- on all standardized tests, and he has all A's. And uh, my comment for the school is he's not interested in any of his classes. Yeah. Then uh, I've got a middle child with ADHD. He, sim- he seems to resemble uh, one of his parents in uh, uh, particular. And um, I've resemble got resemble, or is it like a duplicate? That's all, it's pretty <laughs> darn close. <laughs> and then I've got uh, a child pleaser uh, or a people pleaser uh, in the in the eighth grade. Here's here's the point. Uh, my my middle son goes to school uh, because he's social um, and because he loves um, uh, athletics. Mm-hmm. And he works hard and does well at school uh, because my wife and I micromanage his life. Uh, no doubt about it for me that if I wasn't a heavenly involved parent, my son would have very poor grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we deal with every semester, and a lot of families are going to relate to this, Marcus, I'm sure of it, is that if we let him slip for two seconds, we're having a major problem with grades. Mm -hmm. And every time we have that conversation, it comes down to the teacher this and me this, what has and what has not happened. Mm -hmm. Well, right now he has a class. I'm going to say the class. So so just to clarify, there's very rarely a conversation around that where it's that, hey, I didn't address that learning standard or I didn't hit that target or I just don't understand the concept. It sounds like more often than not, it's just a matter of either the practice of actually grading or what was or was not submitted. A 
thousand percent. This yeah. is you just called me out so bad. I feel actually awful about it. You don't even know what you did on that one. You basically called out somebody who, on a daily basis, goes into professional learning communities and in grade level meetings, and and makes sure that the main point of my job is to make learning relevant and an assessment of learning viable. But in my own house, I don't ask any good questions mm, about okay. learning yeah. because I don't give a shit in my house. <laughs> like, I don't. Here's the fact, folks. I call it the transcript effect. I've yeah, called it yeah, the transcript yeah. effect for, for all time. I want my son in the particular class I'm talking about and in every class to be inspired by meaningful learning. But at the end of the day, Shitty practices are not going to keep my son from his future. So the conversation and the dialogue is, did you do this? Did you turn this in? Did you? This is procedural. Yes. Compliance. Yes, absolutely. So I guess, I guess at that point, uh, if you, if I could come back to this context, Marcus, but the whole point is, is that even in the house of somebody who is doing an educational podcast, and you know my passion is for um, kind, caring, and relevant learning yep. experiences, okay. I don't have those conversations in my home. It's, did you do this? Did you turn this in? If you don't do this, if you don't turn this in, I'm taking this away. It has nothing to do with learning. Yeah. Um, it, and so you just, I didn't realize I was throwing a hand grenade at you. You did. Um, it hurt. It hit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's interesting because what you just said in regard to the distinction between compliance and, and procedure and actual learning um, I was I was in a, a, me a meeting with some colleagues a little while ago, um, and we were talking with uh, uh, where the topic was students not attending. And mind you, this is like graduate students and undergraduate students at the collegiate level. Students not attending, um, having uh, attendance issues, and like, what do we do? do? Do we create a grading policy where their grades are automatically reduced by a letter grade after four absences, mm -hmm. for example, whatever? And I, it, it, I went back to something we'd talked about in school. Well, I shouldn't, I don't necessarily need an attendance policy where I ding a student a whole letter grade for missing four classes. It should work itself out through the learning yeah. and assessment process. If you can pass my class having missed a quarter of my instruction, either I'm a shit teacher or I'm assessing you poorly. Yes. And, and so I was, I, I didn't speak up at the time because it took me a while and it, I, I had to go back to a conversation you and I had maybe eight years ago. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, I don't have a grading policy in my classes because if a student misses four of my classes on, like, clinical skill, I'm going to see they don't have that clinical skill when I observe them in a lab. And then their grade will reflect accordingly on a rubric. Marcus, and, there's yeah. no gray area there. Yeah, I yeah. just have to unders yeah. underscore this. If, 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 the, if students of any age group cannot engage in the learning experience and then perform... Uh, at a high level, I mean, it is either one of those two things. You don't know how to assess them, mm -hmm. or your teaching is, like, so weak and so poor and so mundane. There's no gray area there. Like, time on task is, is absolutely everything. I can't trick my mirror yeah. into, like, looking at <laughs> my body differently. <laughs> I, I either put the time in for, the, like, the workouts yeah. and the yeah. nutrition, or I don't. It, it, it's, it's absolutely no different. Yeah. With, with the brain. So there's one of two problems, how they're being assessed or the quality of instruction. I just need to establish that as like, you can't argue against it. Yeah, and, and so when you were talking about your experience with your son and focusing on just the, the policy procedure and compliance of, of the act of grading, um, 
it, it's something even I, as somebody who believes in the opposite of that, have to constantly remind myself yeah. of as an educator. So we, on both sides of the spectrum, as educators and as parents, we get hung up on just the policy procedure and practice of receiving, of submitting something and receiving a grade. And, and the thing that always drove me nuts, and we've talked about this too, is um, is giving a kid a grade when they actually have to read the feedback for improvement. The minute you put 82% in red yeah, on top of yeah, a paper, yeah. kid's not going to read any of the feedback you gave them. Yeah. And, and so the process of learning as an experience and not as like an end product every time you submit something lends itself also to just the compliance of submitting something for a grade. Yeah. And I, I, w I just want to say, uh, like, have a disclaimer out there. Folks, uh, teachers, uh, we know that there are standards-based grading practices. Yeah. We know that there are um, feedback ladders and, and feedback loops going on. I bought a, a feedback ladder at Home Depot, actually. Yeah. It, was, it was more expensive than the regular ladder. <laughs> and it should be, you should get better at whatever you're doing <laughs> on that ladder. But the point, the point is, is that simply we do know that there are some really great practices mm -hmm, out there. But at the end of the day, we also know that it's super arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, we make up things, uh, you know, like at my kids' school, like if they, um, in one of their subject areas, if they don't do well on an assessment, that they can go through some reteaching and then they can redo the assessment, but only for 70% uh, maximum credit. Mm. And their thought Seems process of the course yeah. is like, hey, you know, the kids that worked hard enough or understood the concepts uh, faster should get the highest uh, grades. Well, um, that's very arbitrary. 70%? Mm -hmm. What, what study led you to that? Uh, like how did you, how, you know, how did you, how did you come up with that? And, and what if it did take a, a week, a week longer for you to get some tutoring? Why does that change the amount of mastery that you saw on the second, uh, opportunity to assess the student? The whole point is folks, let's just call it out. A whole lot of this stuff is made up. I think in one of our very first episodes, <laughs> I told you about my buddy. It's like, it's like whose line is it anyway with Drew Carey? Yeah. It's like the points don't matter. Everything's made up. Nothing cares. Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I told this story yeah, in an yeah. earlier podcast about my Dutch buddy at the international school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time I would make a, a comment in a meeting, he would give me a, a letter grade to, <laughs> just to mock American grading. He'd be like, Brett, that was a really good comment. And I'd be like, thank you. And he'd be like, A+. Plus. <laughs> and if I said something that he didn't agree with, he would give me a C or a D. But the whole point was is that he, he was mocking just our entire quantifiable approach yeah. to learning. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of a, a class I just recently had. I teach one undergraduate class, and uh, um, we, we were doing a, a clinical skill set in class. So in dyads and triads, students had to engage in an assessment, provide feedback, fill out um, an actual uh, scaled score for, for intervention. And one of the students, and there were five activities, four feedbacks and then a rating scale, so five, five activities. And it basically it was either you're in class, you do the activity and you get the points, or you were absent and you don't get the points and you need to reschedule a time to practice that skill. Because ultimately I'm more interested in practicing the skill yeah. and getting feedback from myself and from peers to increase their ability in that skill. Um, well, one student, uh, he got a phone call and he got up and he missed one of the whole activities in his small group. Um, and at the end of the class, he comes up to me. He's like, Dr. MC, I, I, I know I missed it. Um, what, like, what's, do I need to make it up? What's between you and grade? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to reschedule your entire triad for one fifth of your activity. Um, so your max score is now an 80%. An 80% because <laughs> in my head, and again, I just made this shit up. Uh, 
and this is the, as somebody who believes in like learning for growth in my head i just my mental heuristic defaulted to like four out of five is 80 percent and you missed one of those five you get an 80 percent max and uh and i and then i just paused and i thought to myself i was like was dumb yeah as if all triads are exactly equal in their learning and their demonstration dumb and so ultimately the student sent all his stuff in and i evaluated Mm -hmm. him and i think he ended up at like an 89 percent, which again was still relatively arbitrary but it was i could actually map it to yeah like completion of the activity in regard to skill development and reception of feedback but yeah that whole process as somebody who believes in this i still had this mental heuristic that was entirely arbitrary yeah yeah well let's let's just uh i mean this is uh, um, absolutely without, uh, any data or fact, but I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say it though. So we're like, making it all up. Yeah. Let's yeah. just continue like grading. I'm going to go ahead and make up facts. It's really just, you know, how I've processed the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that so many, uh, of the really interesting stories of genius and innovation in our society have come from people who have been disenfranchised yeah. in, in their, in their edu- education. Absolutely. And so it, it, really uh what what does all a's tell us well so in my house what does all a's tell you about my my children oh so you're getting into my next topic i want to talk about is great inflation yeah Yeah. and so it means it means that my oldest son who i who i do love having intelligent conversations Mm with um he just gets stuff done and there's there's real professional skill there and there's real uh value there he he is a a deeply intelligent person he is not any more deeply intelligent or interesting, or I, if I had to predict to do something highly impactful in the world, any uh, greater than his younger brother or his younger sister. He's simply a type A first child, and he does his stuff so he gets rewards. Mm-hmm. He eats more carrots. <laughs> the point is, yeah. is that I, I, you and I have known each other for a long time. And one of the games that we like, not games we like to play, but conversations we like to have is like, who's going to be the person who does something really important and interesting in the world? And it, we oh, never yeah. come down yeah. to, the, to, the, to the kid who just does all their assignments and mm-hmm. shows up on time all the time. What, we, what we're really trying to do is hinge on those intangibles. I've even read yeah. several articles on it. Don't forget about the intangibles. Yep. Don't forget. We had a whole episode on soft skills. Yeah, yeah. just don't, soft skills. And yeah. don't, don't, don't forget to find a way to yeah. take those things that are hard to measure and just throw them into the measurements because they do, they do matter. Like a, a, a child should not be discouraged from the institution of learning because they're not following in your breadcrumb pathway when they can skip a few steps and do something that's, that matters. It, 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 absolutely. And I think this is where we fail in public education in regard to we're always talking about getting kids ready for life after life after high school. The real world starts after high school. Well, in this case, I think like they are shocked when they get to the real world. Because when, when you've created a system of just compliance for grades and, and as a result, grade inflation, I've got straight A's. It must mean I'm very smart. Well, depending on where you're at, that could just mean you, you turned your shit in yeah. and you weren't actually ever truly fully assessed on your content knowledge and ability to apply that information. But then you go into the workforce and we know in any, in any career field, just showing up and getting the task done does not set you apart from your peers. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, your pay raises and your promotions are based off of changing the game, doing something different, having leadership skill, not just showing up and clocking in and creating widgets. Yeah. You, you created your 400 widgets today. 
you get a promotion. No, it's like you created your 400 widgets and you innovated the way in which we build widgets. Yeah. And so those things are not translatable skills. Um, And so that's why I've been kind of hung up on grade inflation for a long time. Um, We we know back when we were kids and even farther farther down the road, what was a C? And on a grading scale, what was a C? Mm Mm-hmm. What was the C? Uh, average. C was average. Bell right? curve. On a grading scale, C was average, meaning like right in the middle, most people of are your be peers, a C. not according to any actual standard, but just no. right in the middle of your peers. Yeah. It's right? average amongst your peers. Yeah. Um, and, and then we moved away from that into focusing heavily on standards. Yeah. And so when you have a class, a, a, a British literature English class, and eighty-eight percent of the students have an A, does that mean eighty-eight percent of the students have met the standard? Does it mean 88% of the students are actually above their peers on, mm. on a distribution? No. And, and so you start to see this play out. And, and just in our time in education, we've seen, yeah. we've seen grades skyrocket. We saw the average GPA for, be like a 3.0 mm-hmm. to now the average GPA is like a 3.7. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're attaching all kinds of, of, of non-learning associated tasks uh, with things. Uh, my son uh, for for uh, French class um, uh, had a, a B, the, the oldest son, and so he had an opportunity to bake a cake. And uh, because he baked the cake, he brought the cake and it showed that he baked the cake and got an A in French. Uh, uh, here, here's my favorite one. I it, just screamed inside a little bit. <laughs> yeah. like, I just felt my eye twitch. When you yeah, said and that. I don't even know. Shit, I didn't even get to eat the cake. I don't yeah. even know if it was even a good cake. It could cake. have been a terrible cake. My yeah. guess is that nobody even actually ate the cake. Uh, some, some, somebody took it home to their kids. The point is, I was like, I, this was a, I have two stories about this, which I, I want the audience to respond to and to, and to challenge us on. Like, well, we, it's not that we don't believe. In, in quantifying uh, a child's learning. We just want way more dialogue and, and way more um, evidence put into what yeah, it is. Yeah, moving away from the arbitrary and the compliant. Yeah, yeah. but here's, here's, uh, here's two fun ones for you. One is I was, I, I'm an athletic director, and you may not be able to tell from this chair, but like I'm a way more than above average athlete. And I was a so competitive. You're not a, you're not a C average. You're I'm not. High I, e, low a. I, I'm telling you by standards compared <laughs> to my peers, 45 year old men, and according to performance, I'm I excel. I, I'm not boasting. I'm just simply telling you that when I was in high school, I well I started showing my grades to staff members, and we had those handwritten grade cards. Oh. Yeah. And I got a C minus my junior year. I'd love to show the, the audience a picture of my junior year. There's no way I was a C minus in PE. I loved PE. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no way I was a C minus. I had to have like uh, not done something or, or gotten sick and missed a couple of days or, or you know, not made you up something. You forgot your dress it had, shorts. Yeah, it had to be some sort of task completion. I was not. A C minus. My other favorite one is I was working with, um, we did do an international baccalaureate, really strong grading practices according to the criterion and, and, and the standards. Uh, the students that I had were brilliant and they were really struggling with me and, and my, my rigorous approach. It, it, it didn't matter. I knew the kids were going to end up being highly successful because it takes time to meet the standards. You, yeah, absolutely. If the standards are meaningful, it doesn't happen on Tuesday and you move to the next standard yes, on Wednesday. Yes, right. Yeah. If if, the, if they're meaningful, they they, they take uh, many opportunities yeah. to show so on and so forth. But I, I had got 
frustrated because really good kids had turned on me because they, they weren't getting their grades yeah. right. And I knew they were. I knew they were learning. I knew it was going to work out. That it was a great group of kids. I hope they remember me. Point is, is to or catch... they're still at home sharpening their sticks. <laughs> no <Yeah>. way. <laughs> this is what I did though. So folks, what I do is I took. Uh, and I, a bunch of pieces of, of blank paper that you can fold up like, like you would put in a, a drawing. And I had them in a hat. And I told the kids, hey, listen, I know you guys have been concerned about your grades. So I've written down grades on pieces of paper from there's a bunch of, of, of C's, there's a few B's, uh, there's even less A's. And there's just a couple D's. There's no F's. Was there a super A? Yeah, and then, but, and I, but, I, but I said, I'm going to throw these onto the ground. And then if you, if you get one, uh, you can then use that to supplement for anything earlier. They were all blank, of course. So <laughs> I, th I throw out all these things. And all, all these eighth graders dive out of their chairs and seats and they're scrambling all over the ground like money dropped at a minor league baseball oh game and they're just going all over the place and they're picking them up and they're like mine's blank mine's blank mine's blank the whole point was is that here i was with these, these young people who i really actually admired their approach to learning and i was super happy to be their teacher and i had to tell them look at what you just did you didn't think at all about learning you didn't you didn't trust you or myself you didn't you didn't want to learn. It wasn't about what we were, were not doing well on. Like, and it goes back to your feedback comment. Like, let's just reestablish. We're all on the same team. Right. That with, with focus and hard work and feedback, we're all going uh, to achieve. And let's get away from, like, you did, you know, the check boxes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so grade inflation is something that's kind of entrenched in American society at this point. Why don't you right? define it real fast for the audience? I, so, I mean, we, we have an upcoming episode on, on, on college admissions in college, but basically the, the, when we talk about grade inflation, it means that um, what otherwise would be a B or a C in regard to attaining a standard or demonstrating learning or applying learning is now higher than uh, – case in point um, – Kids that get A's throughout all of high school, or, or for example, we saw it in high school. Kids get A's all throughout middle school, and then they come to high school, or they come to college. And like, I was a straight-A student in middle school, or I was a straight-A student in high school. Um, and, and it's because in some instances, and not all, uh, there's compliance grading. Mm -hmm. the, he baked the cake, yep. and that bumped him from an A to a B, giving mm -hmm. the student and the parents a false illusion that the student's understanding mastery of a concept or of content is at an A, when really there are still some gaps in their learning in regard to standards or application of their learning. Right. And folks, it, Marcus is going to wrap this around, but it goes the opposite way as well. I have an older brother who had a 2.1 grade point average in high school, and he is a clinical surgeon at this point. So that it also can mean that you uh, can master the content by not doing uh, the, the different things, and you can show a marker, a much higher marker of knowledge without having really done much of the engagement. Yeah. So the inflation is on the high end. You do stuff and you get a high grade and it, act, it makes it seem like you have mastery or you don't do silly things. But you actually know the content just fine. Yeah. And, and so this, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, Brett. This is where my cynicism around grading started from is in my undergraduate studies. So um, I, I, I got a BS, an MA, an MAED, and then a doctorate. So like I, I've been through all the different types of schooling and I've seen grade inflation and I've seen 
driving grades down because of compliance. And I never told you this. My Q, if you were to guess, what was my cumulative? I, you might know this actually because our boss at one point made a dumbass assumption about like intelligence and GPA, yeah, um, which was false, and I, I I was proud in proving him wrong. Um, but if you were to guess what my undergraduate GPA was, what do you what do you think it was? Well, you, I'm gonna say a three point oh. Okay, it was a two point five. I would never have guessed that. And I got admitted to graduate school straight out of my undergrad. The distinction was I had a four point oh. In my major, yeah. in psychology, I had a 4.0. Mm -hmm. Outside of my major, I didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. um, like, I was not going to do bullshit assignments that were going to detract from my learning in other areas, knowing I wanted to pursue a professional license degree and go on to graduate school. Can so, like, you pause there for I, a I, second I wasn't just say... Gonna, I wasn't going to attend the extra credit play yeah. when I had a research lab. Like, and But that's why we talk about yeah. rigorous and relevant and engaging instruction, yeah. because that... But, I'm not calling you immature by any means, but that is oh, definitely yeah. that is definitely yeah. a teenage mindset. Yeah, cost benefit. I just uh, engaged in a cost benefit analysis, right? Yeah. Or like interesting or not interesting. That's that's how a kid thinks. Is this interesting or not interesting? Do I like the teacher or do I not like the teacher? But right now, what we're still talking about is this a means to an end? Yes. Yeah, and, and that's the calculation I very cognizantly went through, and so on paper, a 2.5 student does not look like they got a lot out of college, but there was this dichotomy where within my major, I was a 4.0, and to go to a 2.5, I obviously had to be much lower than yes. that outside of the major. So I'm really scared about how you did so poorly in your other classes, but keep going. Uh, because, well, it wasn't all classes, mind you. Yeah. It was the classes where on the, when you look at the syllabus and you look at the practices and the assignments, you realize this is all bullshit. I'm being graded because I just turned in a bunch of papers. I'm not getting feedback on any of them. And, uh, and the irony of it is, actually, when I got admitted to my first master's program, I had the highest GRE in my class and the lowest GPA. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that as a way to demonstrate no. grading practices can inflate or they can deflate, and very rarely are they actually an accurate representation of student okay. learning and mastery. Before we go forward, though, I'd just like to say to my children at home, which I know you're not listening, but <laughs> if, I, if for any reason you <laughs> do come across this, we are not going to do this. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna play the game a little bit better. I'm a cautionary than, tale. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. You're, you can be irreverent in other ways, but this shit's not happening in our house. Keep going. <laughs> um, and, and so, but great inflation is playing out long term. Yeah. And so, there's been a recent study within the last year that came out of researchers out of BYU, Purdue, Stanford, and West Point. And they're seeing that there's increases in that that not only great inflation is real in K-12, but great inflation is happening at the collegiate level. Um, but that that's also warping college completion rates mm -hmm. and admissions rates. Yeah. And so if every kid's got a 4.0, you really don't know which student mm -hmm. is more prepared for college or has learned the material better or has applied the material better. So it's when you lose a demarcation line, everything becomes gray. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I will say, though, I, I don't know what the solution on this one is until – we have real institutional change. I like that you just put that out there, but this is where maybe we move from the schoolhouse cracked model to there's some cornerstones missing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, you know, let's ask ourselves, why, why does this happen? Uh, there are a number of reasons 
And I would like for you to add on to this. But I'm just off the top of my head, here's a couple of reasons why great inflation happened. One is because we do, we do carrot and stick our kids so much, even in our households. You have no idea how many times I've been in a parent conference. Like, well, I take their phone away or I take their activity away if they don't do this stuff. Oh, they're not playing Xbox this weekend. Right. Yeah. So the point, though, is it's like, hey, if you just do stuff, then, then you're, you're going to be okay. So it's deeply uh, culturally embedded. Uh, not on doing anything well, but just uh, getting something uh, done. Uh, the other is is that, you know, uh, if I'm thinking about my teachers right now and, and possible grade inflation, um, we just ended a, a quarter, and they we don't allow our teachers to not allow students to turn in work mm -hmm. uh, late because there's too many reasons why it might be late. The point is, though, is they've got 125 to 150 students, mm -hmm. and many many of them are turning in things late. It's very hard for them to give them feedback in a timely manner. If you've ever been a teacher, grading is hard as hell. Yep. It's really absolutely hard. And the parents want to, when it, uh, my kid turned in the assignment yesterday, yeah. why isn't it graded today? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's I, tough. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're trying to engage in new material or exciting material, sometimes we don't really know what the standard is. If In the state of Colorado, when I read, folks, when I read the economics, I dare you. I dare you. If you're really watching this and you really have nothing to do, I dare you to look up the uh, social studies standards for the Colorado Department of Education, look closely at the economics uh, part of the standards in there, and then look at seventh grade. And that's not seventh grade curriculum or standards. Like, you couldn't pass a test on that if we were testing well, what they put in there accurately. Let me throw in this. Have you seen who's written those standards? Have yeah. you gone in and looked at who wrote those standards? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got to be economists. It's college professors. Yes. It's got to be. And state economists. Right. Yeah. So the, the whole point, though, is even your teacher doesn't know how to necessarily interpret the appropriateness of meeting a high, medium, and low for much of the sophisticated curriculum. The whole point, though, is that... That grade inflation is a is a problem. It's happening in your house. It's happening at your school. You need to be careful that if your kid has all A's, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're really. A, a, first of all, it doesn't mean they're a good person, and it doesn't mean that they're a, a great, a very knowledgeable. It just means they're a good student. And eventually, we get ourselves into a place where we have to be innovative, creative, and problem-solving people. Yeah. If if my Facebook feed were any indicator. Every single child of every person I've ever met is an honor student. Yeah. 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 And, and statistically, that's either an anomaly or if it's legitimate, I do need to start playing the lottery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. and, and so, but again, folks, it, grades can go the other way. If your kid's got a low grade, um, it's not always an indicator that they don't understand what's going on. It could be they just deciding they're not doing a bullshit assignment. Yeah, and if they have an A, it doesn't mean they know anything or have yeah. anything of value yeah. to add either. Like so we're 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 on we're on both we're on both sides of this. Yeah. Here here's again, you know, uh, you know, Marcus really smashed me at the beginning of this episode in regard to grades in my children. And honestly, I need to get back to you know what my core values are. I need to remind my son. Uh, that I love him, and I know how complex it is to take eight different courses on a blocked schedule mm -hmm. to play th three sports. I mean, the kid goes to school in the morning. He goes straight to a, a practice three, three seasons. He comes home and shoves food into his face. He goes up to his room uh, to, to work on homework, and then he goes to bed, and I'm pissed at him because he didn't advocate for himself well enough with, with, with this one class. I need to get back to asking my 
kids questions about what they're learning, what they're thinking, what they want to learn. And I, I've got to find some sort of way to like uh, be malleable within the system. Yeah. It's got to be okay for him to get a C in this class without him having to sit down and have both of his parents uh, tell him what Up he should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn it in an assignment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, sure. That's a great reflection, Brad. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, I, that wasn't my intent, but mm -hmm. I'm a proud. I'm proud you kind of got mm -hmm. there. But uh, I, I think that's ultimately what to keep doing for this episode is, mm -hmm. folks, in regard to to grading practices, grading inflation, um, compliance grading is uh, whether you're a teacher or a parent, get, getting back to focusing on the process and the journey of learning and not the the destination. Yeah, which is the, the destination being the letter grade. Yeah, and that was that intangible piece I was talking about. Man, read read some quotes on the internet about what Elon Musk says about school. The whole point is, is like nurture the mind, the body, and the spirit of your child, either in your school systems, make sure you have enough electives, make sure you have enough choices, make sure that the curriculum and the teachers are engaging and, and relevant. At home, make sure that you are instilling those core values of curiosity and inquiry, uh, you know, beyond uh, the schoolhouse doors, yeah. and, and really, really get in there because a, a, life, uh, a life of compliance is a is a is a death sentence and we all know that we we yeah. all find in our jobs and in our careers these moments where we're just like am i doing this again today yep and that's that's essentially um, a huge part of the experience that our kids have to go through uh in the schoolhouse so th thanks for your reflections brett both as an educator and as a dad um, i'm curious to see kind of where your, your conversation goes with your son after your reflection um, yeah well, he's also 15, so he's probably going to not engage in my conversation at all. But maybe if I buy him a pizza, I can have a conversation. A compliance dialogue? <laughs> <laughs> I, new carrot. That's, that's a new one, new carrot. <laughs> um, so thanks for tuning in, everybody at home. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, download us on all your favorite podcast channels, send us your thoughts, comments, feedback. What are you seeing at home in regard to your own students' grading? Or teachers, what's driving you nuts about grading practices at your school? Send us those thoughts at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com. With me, as always, is Mr. Brett Derrickson, yeah. uh, great dad, highly invested, wonderful educator, and capable of some pretty strong cognitive dissonance in yeah. his own practices. And this is my good friend, Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler, who's been through more school than anybody should ever have to. And I give you a B plus. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. 88, Slightly above 88. average. Bake me a cake and you get an A. I was going to say, can I get some extra credit? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks.